0: Hey everybody! Welcome to episode two of what I guess I'll I'll just call the KT Temple podcast until I figure out a better name. I probably need to work on that. Uh, But I'm super excited here. I get to have my second uh, tester, basically, on how this podcast goes. And I we started out with the main person, my mom. Now we get to to I guess we'll just say next best, but just don't tell him. We start off with my dad, Kent Temple. Dad, why don't you tell everybody about
1: yourself? Well, I think a great name for your podcast would be Kent Temple's son's podcast. But, oh, good know, name. We're, we're, we're I'll with write that know. down. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm an agent, a real estate agent in the Charlotte Lake Norman area, North Carolina. And my wife and I have a, you know, what we call a real estate team. You know, we sell about 150 houses a year within our team. Um, I own four real estate offices. That I'm the managing partner of and, and run those. Uh, and also what I love to do the most and what I do about 70 days a year is I travel around the country and I speak to different groups about different things in real estate. Probably the most popular two that I have is um, how to build a real estate business, like how to have a business plan for real estate. And the other one is leverage, how to build out the leverage that you need to run a big team. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this for me. Um, I brought him on today because one of the
0: classes he teaches, like you said, is business planning. And I've been talking to my agents a lot about their business plan, about their business plans, about what they had written, about what they're writing now. Before I start that conversation, how'd you get
1: into real estate, Ed? Well, that's that's an easy one. Um, Pam was in real estate first, and I went to her national convention. And there I saw things doing, saw people doing some really big things. And remember this is 2005 and they were putting up numbers that now would seem small to what you see real estate teams. With. They look really big to me in the term, in the number of homes they were selling and how much money they were making. And uh, somebody said, well, you know, don't worry about them. They're doing this new thing. It's called a real estate team. Cause in 2005, you really didn't have a lot of people doing that. And so I went to this convention just to hang out cause it was in Vegas and I left that convention and Pam and I on the plane home made a plan for me to get real estate. That was in February, 2005. I was licensed April 1st, 2005. We went that fast. That's awesome. So uh,
0: you joined in 2005, uh, great year to start a real estate career, right?
1: Well, you know, my timing was even better now. Actually it was because, you know, being in the, being in the South, it was still gangbusters here. And uh, 2000, we went through 2005, we went through all of 2006. And in 2006, I I still had my, what I called my real job. Then I was dual career in 2006, working part-time in real estate. I made more money than working full-time at my regular job. And so I made the decision and I'm I'm quitting. And and the company said, will you please stay on to July 15th, 2007? And I said, sure, I will. I'll stay till then. So July 15th, 2007, I leave my job and I'm pretty sure the market shifted here on July 16th, 2007. Yeah. My timing for that was Perfect.
0: Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, I was pretty young still when all this happened. And I always tell the story of, you know, you came in, you were like, I'm going to teach you guys how to cook something. It's called special soup. And this guy just conned me and my brothers into cooking ramen noodles and just calling it special. And that's what, that was 2007 to 2009 for me, was just <laughs> ramen noodles. I'm surprised I don't have like a sodium problem now.
1: You had, you had two brothers and y'all had a bunch of friends. You know, there's when you got, you know, 10 guys over there couldn't afford hot dogs or anything for you guys. It was, you know, open up some uh, five for 25 cent ramen noodles, but you called it special soup and you thought you were special. I, until somebody told me, they were like, do you mean ramen noodles? I was like, "What you
0: special soup, man. No, that's just ramen noodles. The truth. It's all about branding. (laughs) (laughs) so, Business planning. When you're teaching business planning, what are the main takeaways that people are getting from that? Obviously it's their business plan. What are the main when when somebody leaves business planning, you know, we go to these all-day classes, it's a lot on somebody to take in. When somebody leaves your class, what is the main takeaway
1: you want them to have? Well, when you leave my class, you have a five-page business plan. And and the business plan I do, it's straight out of a book called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. It's a book written by by Gary Keller. And, And for the people out there, if you're going Keller, is that Keller Williams? Yeah, Gary Keller is, is the founder of Keller Williams. It's not a Keller Williams book. I've never I've never sat down with, with a $30 million producer or more from any real estate company that has not read that book. It's kind of a lot of people's real estate Bible. And so there's four parts to this plan. So the first part is economic model. And we just go through and we talk about conversion rates. We talk about what percentage your business will be buyers, what percentage sellers. We talk about your average commission. And, and based on those few numbers... I could say, KT, how much money do you want to make next year when you told me I could do your economic model? Based on on just those numbers you said, I could say, KT, here's exactly how many appointments you need to have next year to make that amount of money in your pocket net profit. And so we, we just roll through that economic model. We come up with that number. So then once you have that, the obvious thing is, well, I've got to lead generate into making that money. So we take that number of appointments and we go through a lead generation model and i I don't tell anybody what to do. I would say, KT, you know, what are you going to do to lead generate? And you would tell me, here are the three to five things I'm going to do. I so, said, well, based on that, here's what you need to do. And so we lay out a lead generation model. And then we go to a budget model. I look at how much money you're going to make and say, okay, based on what you're telling me, if that's the amount of money that you're going to bring in, in your expense categories, here's how much you can spend in each one. Don't go over If you go over, you're not going to make that much money. Here is your budget. You got to follow for the rest of the year. And then the last one we go, okay, KT, if you're going to close this many units, this many homes you're going to sell, can you do that by yourself? And and it just depends on how many homes you're going to sell, how much help you need. So when you leave there, you've got those four pages. And the last page is just something we call a 411. It's basically a goal setting sheet. And we write your goals down that, that you're going to hit on a weekly, monthly, and annual basis. And yeah, it's a day, but that one day sets you up for the next 365 days. So you can obtain, I always, I always tell people, it's another book I like called the one thing. And and the book talks about your life by design or the life of abundance you and your family deserve. Well, that's what that plan is for is to get you your life by design or your life of abundance that you and your family deserve. It's awesome. So. The market is obviously
0: shifting right now. And and like I said, the conversations I'm having is people are rewriting their business plans. They're having to change up a lot of their numbers from their economic model. They're having to change their lead generation strategies. They're having to change their budget. They're having to change their organizational model, which a lot of times mean letting people go or having to hire new people. What are you guys doing on either the Temple team, your, your real estate team, or within the brokerages you manage what are you guys changing right now? Or what are you looking at changing?
1: Yeah, well, and, and the market, the market is definitely changing. We like to say, you know, a true shift is when you're going from a buyer's market to a seller's market. And that's not happening right now. But so many factors are changing that it makes it feel like a shift. And most years, KT, I would argue with that. I would say, no, don't change your business plan. Stick with what we plan because things don't change as fast. This year's the exception. Things have changed so fast. You know, we started out the year thinking that, that we might sell um, same as last year, 6.1 to 6.2 million homes in the country. They've revised that number down. It's probably going to be more like 5.4 to, to 5.6.
0: And that's, that's changed since
1: like February. Since February. I mean, yeah. That's that's when we got that number. Yep.
0: I remember at at our convention, we were at family reunion. That's when that number
1: came out. So it's crazy how quickly that number has already changed. Well, it did. And the, the biggest thing in there is interest rates started changing really fast. We expected them to change. Don't get me wrong. We, we knew they were going to go up. They'd gone up faster and more than we thought at that point. But also, we were there early February, and it, it was not long after we left that Russia uh, invaded Ukraine. That happens. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a global fuel crisis. You've got a global food crisis that we don't talk about as much because that one doesn't affect us personally as much. We should Probably talk about that one more, but it just everything and also you've got inflation. So there's just a lot of factors that have thrown in that makes this the year that yeah you might want to think about changing your model. Now my thought KT is don't change the economic model. That you had your number, that that's your number. That's what you need to make. And the last time I checked, no one out there has a goal of selling six million homes themselves. Which means there's enough homes to be sold for you to make your goal. There's not enough homes to be sold for everybody, but you can make your so let's not, Don't change your economic model so much, but you got to look at your other models. You're going to have to go back to the basics when it comes back to your lead generation model. We've gotten lazy. It, it's been real easy. Somebody calls you up, you list their house, you, you know, you sell it in one to three days for more than asking price. You know, It's just been crazy. Well, that's going to change. We're going to lead generate. You're going to go back and you have to start contacting people and you're going to have to change the story you've been telling. You know, we've been standing at cocktail parties going, if you list your house, I I will. I'll sell it in three days. It'd be great. And, you know, and all that. So we we have to start changing that narrative. But the only way to do that is to be in contact with your database. So you got to go look at your lead gen model and see, what do I need to to change here in my lead generation to make sure I make my economic model? Now, the budget model, that's a big one. That's the one, especially for my real estate offices, that I really have to look at. And KT, we're playing a game called red light, green light. And what we're doing is every single expense we have, we're putting up the red light right now. And we're looking at that expense and going, do we need it? Can we cut it to zero? If we can't cut it to zero, can we cut it back? Um, If we can't cut it back, can we renegotiate it? Or on the opposite side, going, oh, wait a minute. Our return on investment on this expense is phenomenal. Let's keep that. Let's actually spend more money there to help us meet our goals. And then, you know, you said the last one, the organizational model, we're not there yet. You know, people, the, 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 the one thing I want to protect is my people and, and we're just not there yet. We could get there. If, if things kept going that direction, you could get to the point where you have to make those hard decisions in terms of how many people you're going to surround yourself with. But that's, for me, that's always my, my last resort. But we're noticing companies already
0: going after that organizational model. Like just last week, two companies let go a bunch of their agents because that organizational model happened so fast, that shift happened so fast for them, they had to pivot. And so it's, it's nice to hear that a lot of brokerages haven't started that yet. And those conversations are, are different. They're, the conversations are, how do we go deeper into our
1: people? How do we figure that out to make sure they're protected? Yeah, so KT, I, and I want to be fair um, to, to those companies because the companies you're talking about, and we're not going to mention who they are, but the companies you're talking about would be considered competitors of mine. I'm not going to throw them under the bus. Here's why they're having to lay people off and others aren't. There's there's two factors that come into that, and that's how long have you been in business? And they haven't been in business near as long as a lot of other other people. And how fast were you growing? And they were growing really fast. So when you see when you see the companies out there that are, that are laying off people already. I don't want you, don't think that all oh, they're bad people or anything like that. There are economic forces that affect everybody differently. And, and so for them, they grew really, really fast. They had to hire people to grow fast. All of a sudden when things change. The perfect example is uh, you and I right now, we're recording this on Zoom. And, and, and so as, as we do that, you know, COVID hit and Zoom stock went through the roof. Have you noticed it's not doing as well now? People started going back to work. So sometimes when companies grow real fast, they have to make decisions different from those of us who have been in business for a long time. I even noticed Amazon tried to grow really
0: quickly through the COVID outbreak. And they are now, for the first time, I think since 2015, are taking a dip backwards. And they haven't done that in a long time. So this pivot's gotten every industry, not just real estate. So over the next oh, year, real, you, estate,
1: real estate is actually probably one of the ones least affected right now, just because our market was that strong. And what hasn't, what hasn't changed with us is we still are in the low inventory situation. That, that's what's keeping us from, from it looking different. The inventory is so low, Yeah, there's a lot of industries that are hurting a lot worse than, than real estate is already and will continue to, just depending on how, you know, how this goes how does inflation go? Is the Fed able to slow it down? You know, does the dreaded R word happen? Do we officially go into recession? A lot of people tell you we're in a recession. It's just not official yet, but you know, it's going to depend on, on that about how everything shakes out. So when you go to teach business
0: planning for 2023, so at the end of the year, what are you going to change in your class? Is there anything that you plan on saying, doing differently, or is it just business
1: as usual for those classes? No, it, it's it'll, it's all about the data. It, it's, it's the same class, but it all changes based on the year. And KT, the other thing is when I go in, if, if I get invited to Boise, Idaho to teach that class, when I get there, I use the data from Boise, Idaho, not from, you know, not from where I live. I, I go and I take what's going on there. I actually saw and I don't I don't know why Boise popped in my mind, but in the Midwest they're actually seeing already some places are seeing decline in home values already Midwest that tends to happen first there. And we're not there yet. Our price appreciation has slowed down, but our prices aren't going backwards yet, but it's just wherever I go, it will look different. Yeah. That's always tell people when they talk about, um, they'll say, well, I sold, I sold this much business in volume. And I, I never like to use my volume because you know, I, you could go uh, to a small town in North Carolina and say, hey, you know what? I sold $12 million in houses last year. And people would be blown away going, holy cow, $12 million. Well, you know what? If I go to San Francisco and say I sold $12 million worth of houses, and they're going, you only sold three houses? So it, it, to me, it's, all, it's always about the units. When you talk about units, because that translates to everybody. And so when I go somewhere, we'll look at how many units you can do. And then we'll pull into other numbers about what your market looks like. Is the market going up, down, sideways? Just depends on where I am. So going into this next year with everything that we
0: know right now, and obviously things could fluctuate, what are you worried about in real estate?
1: The biggest thing that I'm worried about is that um, they raise the interest rates higher and higher, which I know they're going to some, but they get so high that that really does start to affect business. But also that truly does throw us into a recession and things slow down. That's going to be the bad news. If that happens, we will sell overall fewer houses. But here's the thing, KT, there's, you know, you can always find a silver lining. Right now, there's 1.7 million realtors in the country. So we're selling 6 million houses. So that's 12 million sides, 6 million times a buyer and a seller. And there's 1.7 million realtors. That's not a lot of houses to sell. We don't need $1.7 If that happens, that number will start to back up. Because what happens when when you're making a lot of money in real estate, people get into real estate chasing that income. When that income starts to go down, people start getting out of real estate. So at the end of the day, those of us that are truly professionals and and truly lead generate like we're supposed to and stay learning based, uh, we'll actually probably do more business as it goes down individually. Than if it didn't. I heard a
0: great quote today from one of my coaches. He said, hundred percent of people uh, need a place to live, and only 03 percent of people have a license." So get your unfair share of that. And I, I never heard it put that way. So what are you? What are you really excited for in this
1: next year? Well, it, you know, I'm, I'm always excited. That the beauty of this is nothing ever stays the same. And right now. I have so many new things to talk about. The conversation that we're having right now is probably the third time in the last two days that I've had this conversation in a professional setting. I'm not just talking about, you know, a side conversation. So for me, it's just cool to, to see how things work out. I love building businesses and I love seeing things grow. For me, it's an exciting time to see what can I do. And here's the thing, um, opportunity shows up in times like these. When times are good, opportunity not there. Everybody's raising their hand. There's going to be so much opportunity out there as, as things get a little trickier. So I'm looking forward to a month, you know what's next for me.
0: So on my first episode, uh, by the way, mom got 55 downloads. So good luck beating that, right. dude. Uh, she, um, we were talking about, um, you know, all of her classes and different things that she was doing. And uh, we noticed that a bunch of the people that were listening were brand new agents. So if you could give advice to the 55 people who downloaded it and hopefully we will listen to this one, what advice would you give to them going into this, writing their business plans or just different activities that they should be focusing
1: on right now during the shift? If you don't have appointments, nothing else happens. You have got to lead generate to get appointments to sell real estate. If you got into this business just because you watched HGTV and thought it was going to be easy, this is going to be a tough ride for you. So that my advice is, is to lead generate and get enough appointments to make your goals. That's the only people that they always say that, um, like I say, in a shift you have to lead generate and you have to continue to learn as the market changes. If you do those things, not only will you survive through the shift, you actually thrive through the shift, but, but you've just, you got to go do it. You can't, you, it's not, people are not going to call you anymore and go come list my house. That's getting ready to change. And the good news is people are going to need professionals again and nothing against new agents because everybody started as new somewhere, but there's a lot of new agents that didn't have to know anything to go and do business. Cause it was that easy. Now, these new agents, if they, if they didn't know what they were doing, they probably didn't get them the best price in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of hassle. As the market changes, people are going to want professionals again. So you better go out and be, you better be the neighborhood expert wherever you are. If you want to get that business and more business.
0: Yeah. i am trying. I'm trying to start the new phrase, local real estate expert, but international real estate agent. That way they really focus on their area but they get really good at their
1: branding online. Yeah. So, well, awesome, I know man. people everywhere. You know, I can, uh, yeah. it's, I know people, but I know, I know where I'm going to work and I know where I'm going to say, you need to call this person instead of me. Cause hopefully that person I send them to someday will say, Hey, I, you need to call Kent Temple because he's the expert there. What is it like 46% of all real estate business is by repeat business or referral? Oh, and I, I don't know. I mean, I know that I know the staff that only what is it? Eight percent of people will use their same realtor again, Maybe. you know, and it's because it's because we don't stay in touch with them. Yeah.
0: Well, cool, ma'am. So any uh, any classes, anything that you are, are doing that
1: you'd like to promote? Well, you know, as, as we get toward fourth quarter, if any if, I don't care if you're listening to this five years from now, if it's getting close to fourth quarter, I'm going to be teaching business planning somewhere. You know, it's always that's a fourth quarter class to get ready for the next year. Now, right now, I'm really excited. Um, I made the commitment yesterday that I'm going to start teaching a class called Shift. And it's the things to do, starting with expense management all the way through lead gen, lead follow up, the, the whole deal. Uh, that's when I'm going to start teaching Shift. That's I think that's what people need to hear as things change. You know, Katie, there's a lot of people out there that don't have a 30 day marketing plan. Or if they had one, they forgot what it was because they sell everything so fast. People need to go into the filing cabinet and find their 30-day, 90-day, 180-day marketing plans because we've been in that market before. And the new agents that, that don't have one, it kid you, there's like 84% of all agents got their license since 2017. So that means that 84% of agents do not know what an expired listing is. Think about that. So on you know, that same you, note,
0: they, they- don't know how great it is to get more business off a listing. I mean it it really is that gift of shift that you are now going to get business from your current business. You're not always fighting for that quick listing that, you know, goes away over over overnight.
1: You know, we've always we've always been successful holding open houses. I'm looking forward to the day that I can hold an open house and I go, yeah, but the person that just came in before you bought it, you know, <laughs> so we can and right now your competition isn't up. the competition isn't stiff you're able to
0: do an open house and you'll get a crowd because there's that 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 habit that muscle hasn't been flexed in so long so now's the opportunity to really go get that
1: unfair share well cool man i appreciate you doing this for me well you're you're going to hear this expression a lot over the next several months you get a lot of people saying we need to get back to basics and i'm going to tell you what i heard uh, Gary Keller say Whoever told you to get away from the basics? We should have been doing it the whole time, but we're going to find out now. It's time to get back to to the tried and true. Here's what's worked. Go out and find people that want to buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Well, guys,
0: welcome uh, to my life. You got to hear the way both my parents lecture me over two different episodes. So so now you got to know where I came from. Thanks again for uh, coming on, Dad. Again, that was my dad, Kent Temple. You guys can go follow the Temple team on Facebook. You can go follow them on Instagram. Uh, We'll be doing this podcast every week going forward. We'll have different guests from different agents, different broker owners, and just different leaders within the real estate field. I was trying to figure out if we were going to make this a business podcast or if we were just going to stick with just real estate. And I think we're just going to stick with just real estate. I think that's where where the crowd's going to be for this. So Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you for listening. Uh, Follow and like this uh, podcast on Spotify and Apple or wherever you're listening to. Bye, everybody.